Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina Conversation. Today's interview features Nicholas Fillmore. We're talking about his book, The Gospel of Satan, that is available now. This was a really cool conversation. Uh, you know, if you have ever explored your own uh, spirituality or religious upbringing or um, simply just open-minded and curious about what else, you know, just have a kind of like a philosophical conversation about religion. Uh, this is pretty good um, to listen to. Nicholas kind of shares his thoughts on how he came up with the story and uh, just like his whole process and, and things like that. Um, but with further ado, here is Nicholas Fillmore. Okay, today we've got Nicholas Fillmore here. We're talking about his recent release uh, book release, The Gospel of Satan. It is available now. Um, Nicholas, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, this was such an interesting book. It was like, you know, memorizing and it was really cool, like a, a different and creative take on, you know, the story that is is so familiar with, um, <laughs> you know, the world. So um, I'm excited to dive a little bit deeper today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to it. Yes, yeah, so yeah. let's start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get started, can you give like a little summary of the book so that uh, people can follow along with the conversation if they haven't read it yet? Sure. Um, basically, Satan and Jesus just have this chance, uh, you know, chance meeting and you know, fall in together and uh, go, uh, you know, through the various gospel uh, chapters, some familiar to, to readers, some invented. Um, I'd say that the the uh, outline of the book kind of follows the way it was written as a uh, just sort of the confessions of the of uh, of Satan. I find him a compelling, you know, character, and it was started out to be him telling his story, and uh, pretty soon on, he's he's um, bargaining with a mortal for the immortal soul, and in return, the mortal wants to know, among other things, about Jesus. So it sort of segues very quickly into the story of uh, the untold story of the partnership uh, between. Uh, you know Jesus and Satan, who uh, when they uh, who very quickly recognize uh, sort of kindred spirit in each other. They're both kind of aggrieved by the role that they've been cast in by God. You know Jesus is just this sacrificial lamb, and uh, Satan is you know it, all things evil are you know sort of his fault um, through no fault of his own. And they're both you know questioning what 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 was this role I've been cast in. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was fascinating. I think it just kind of like more so it adds another layer of depth and like humanizes Satan for sure. Um so kind of going into that like what um what kind of research was involved like I imagine you had plenty of material to peruse through or maybe you you kind of just went for it like uh, describe like kind of like your approach and maybe like anything surprising or fascinating that you learned. Well, I kind of went for it. I don't habitually read the gospel, you know, the, the, yeah. <laughs> the Bible or anything like that, but I did, you know, when I was a kid in, in uh, Sunday school, and I'm very familiar with all the gospel stories and the God, you know, um, I, I, I went back and read, read some of those uh, relying also on, you know, having read you know, paradise lost and divine comedy and a lot of other books. Um, I would say that the, the whole uh, issue, the whole question of you know God's responsibility to man and man's responsibility to God has just been percolating you know since I was a kid and introduced to these ideas. Um, and as I say later on, and as an undergrad reading um, Paradise Lost and really finding 
the idea hateful that um, you know everything that we do is just part of you know God's plan. It would seem to deprive us of any kind of agency or free will, and that's just a question in my own personal life that you know that that seems relevant. So it's just uh, it really the writing really happened in a bit of a burst. It's just something um, that I, a question that I've been kind. Of, it's always in the back of my you know head for for you know decades. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and some sort of provisional answer must have burst, you know, through. Right. So how, like getting, did you learn anything in particular, like, um, mm-hmm. like kind of fascinating or was it just mostly based on like, was there any new material that you kind of had to dig into or anything fascinating, the most fascinating thing that you learned or, or was it nothing really stuck out? I think that, you know, the material that I was digging through is just the unconscious you know, um, I've said elsewhere, you know, recently that I think a writer um, doesn't really do so much thinking as just listening to the, all these products of, uh, you know, consciousness, this maelstrom of events, in, you know, and um, I think, you know, you learn, you, you learn reading yourself um, sure, what, yeah. you, what you think and, um, you know, your, your unconscious is busy making connections and knitting patterns together that um, you you almost come upon uh, like a reader. I mean, you know, these things are surprising to you as as, as if someone else <laughs> had been writing them. And, uh, you know, specific, learning specifically, um, learning anything, you know, it's just this, uh, well, you know, the larger, there's some, there are certainly small things. The larger theological implication is, are you know are we really is god rescuing us is he redeeming is jesus redeeming man for this you know original sin committed by adam in the garden or in a sense is are are we redeeming god by affirming the fact that we do have choice even though we're taxed tasked with all these things that's the really the the drama of the book is how can um Jesus and and uh, the, the devil fulfill their you know how do they arrive at these ends by their alternate logic by their by logic of their own making not just the one you know handed them by God. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I found that interesting as kind of like you know because they have these discussions throughout the book um, where you know it, it kind of like the reader is kind of like did he just accept it did he just walk around life accepting reluctantly accepting that this was his role you know or kind of like yeah did he question it did he like dig a little bit deeper because it's like i'm sure sure he did but i guess it's not like you know necessarily what you pick up on in the traditional like yeah, teachings, yeah. right yeah um i think what you have in the traditional teachings the only i think the only time you know, Jesus seems to balk is in the, in uh, just Gethsemane on the eve of his uh, arrest. He, I think he says, you know, take this cup from me. If you know, if, if thou art pleased, take you know, take this cup. Or um, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to wear that badge, and uh, you know, very quickly resigns himself. I, I, I suspect a lot of the subtext of a lot of those stories. There's struggle. Um, mm. he's struggling to come to terms, but it's not so overt. Um, it's not said. And uh, I think the strange thing that happens in the book is that um, S- Satan's uh, 
temptation of Jesus uh, really only kind of serves to galvanize, you know, (laughs) that's, I mean, that's the question to me in reading the gospel. That's what I want to know is how, you know, how does, uh, you know, Jesus' humanity is is what's interesting to me. The whole uh, Trinity idea is just um, so much uh, invention as far as I'm concerned. How does, you know, what is his psychology behind somebody willing to give himself over um, it, it's a recurring story in the, in the Bible. We have uh, Isaac and we have Abraham. It's almost like a precursor to, the, to Jesus, uh, you know, um, sacrificing himself for the Father. And mm-hmm. it's all from the Father's point of view, but what is this role in this, I guess, is, what, is what's interesting to me. Yeah, it is. It kind of like offers that new um, kind of like how I mentioned, just like, yeah, like wondering like if type of thing. We're like, yeah. you know, like, wait a second. Did he, was he just cool with it? Was he, just, you know, like, did he really just say, okay, I guess this is my job. This is what I'm here uh, to do. Yeah. It's like, okay. you know. <laughs> so I want to kind of like explore what we're, because it's kind of like, you know, Satan's point of view, right? So how how did you get yourself in that he- headspace? Because this is like yeah. you in your background, you you have one published book, correct, and then yes. you tend to write short stories and poetry. Yeah, yeah, right. So that experience, like, how did this experience kind of differ from what you've done in the past? And like, you know, how how did you get into the the, the headspace of yeah. of writing this well, like unique point of view? Two things. I mean, I write kind of episodically. I'm not like the long distance kind of novelist. I really, my thing is about compression. Even in poetry, I studied minimalists like, uh, you know, Charlie Simic and uh, Russell Edson. And um, so I tend to write incidents, you know, leap to the heart of some incident. And, and the gospel lends itself to that. I mean, it's very uh, episodic. There's, you know, there's just this, you know, there's just different scenes. And, um, and so I kind of busy myself with each one of those uh, with an, a larger, you know, with an eye towards the larger, you know, story arc, character arcs, recur- you know, recurring imagery and things like that um, to tie it together. How did I get into Satan? You know, say, you know, reading Paradise Lost, of course, like Milton, Satan is so compelling. His language, you know, he's so just vanguard, you know, better to reign in held and be ruled in heaven you know it's just you can't help but sort of love that mm-hmm. language and um of course we you know we've all all felt that um you know we're always having to you know reconcile or resign ourselves to authority right. whether it's you know whatever kind of you know you have to you know, serve somebody um and in my own in my own personal experience i mean i i've you know i've had my own experience with, with with crime and punishment my first book is about like is about going to jail about getting mixed up in you know in in, uh, in, in in crime and you know that's one of the one of the harsh lessons of incarceration is uh, becoming you know overly responsible to authority you know you're responsible at every moment and in very onerous pointless sort of ways. And the and it's a and it's a great struggle to recover a sense of you know amidst all the the you know the the guilt and the, the literal you know guilt um, to recover a sense of uh, of yourself and your own you know agency. And of course, there are those who will uh, obdurate fellows like who insists that that they were right, and other people that um, 
sort of, you know, get into, you know, go in the other direction and completely relinquish any kind of responsibility and go deep into, you know, foxhole religion. And I think that there's some sort of middle path that one tries to tread. And maybe writing this book was part of, you know, like working through some residual feelings. Um, but the the the, the, char- the uh, Satan character, um, you know, he's just... Uh, He just leapt off. He just leaped into my mind. Um, He's just this, you know, urbane, witty, uh, cynical person. And his arc involves, um, you know, dealing with his own irony. I think Rilke said something about, um, you know, irony does not penetrate very deep into the human experience. And finally, you know, Satan has his own experience, particularly with the the lepers. They're they're uh, bumming smokes off them because they haven't had a cigarette mm-hmm. in twenty years. And um and he, he he's he's very touched by he finally sees that there is a sort of dignity in in human suffering. Um and so that's uh you know that happened organically in the telling of the story. But his character kind of leaped to mind. Um, he may have something in common with uh gosh neil gaiman's character you know uh lucifer the tv Mm. character um i had not seen that until i was you know deep into this the 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 character the banter owes more to probably um pg wodehouse to you know worcester and uh, to 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 jason uh birdie um or perhaps to um Oh gosh, uh, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, uh, stoppered. Um, there's just is a there was a desire to write this high kind of arch, um, campy. Uh, in order to deal with that, those deeper subjects, because well, it's sort of earnest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. be talking really so as are as best those myths you know all that like irony is to, you know a way of, of safely handling questions of you know love and authority and all that which are you know kind of you know you don't want to be too too on the nose <laughs> yeah i thought it was yeah because it almost like i don't know it's yeah everybody has this like picture of satan in their minds like oh he's He's just looking for trouble, you know, or he's just looking for, for, um, easily tempted, you know, but in yours, with your point of view, he's just like, you know, just kind of brushing it off. Like, yeah, I know, I know these stories about me or I know like he doesn't, he's not even, cause it's kind of like, it is his story, but he's, it's mostly from the point of like his, his travels with Jesus. And so he's he just kind of seems like another another person who's like just curious like about what this young man is what's going to happen to him and what's, yeah yeah you know and so i think it was like a yeah it kind of like humanizes him a bit and it's kind of like i your version of satan i wouldn't you know i wouldn't necessarily be too wary of i would just kind of be like yeah yeah you like I, you know, maybe I might want to pick his brain about some things, but I wouldn't necessarily be like, you know, don't come near my children. Or me, you know, maybe yeah. I might I'd be on the fence about that. But you know, like yeah, that, that's so. You know, I mean, in in entitling the thing "Gospel of Satan," I, I was kind of like gave me pause because people are going to be like, oh, "Satan, oh no, yeah. you know, oh dear, dear, dear." But you know, this idea of Satan is absurd that we you know locate all of this, um, you know, 
capacity for badness outside of ourselves. It's just this supernatural force that's going to beguile us. It's kind of not very uh, brave, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and so, you know, Satan is like us, it's just this something with the capacity to do good or do evil, you know, as Satan says in, Christ lost the mind is its own place and in itself can make a hell of heaven, heaven of hell. Um, mm. And that's, I think the truth. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I, I suppose he'll scare away some readers who aren't really, who the book's really not written for, who their, their sort of safe Harbor is to cleave to that. I, you know, traditional notions of, of, of good and, and of evil and evil must be resisted. And of course, it, you know, yeah, I said must, um, but I feel like there's another way to engage with it rather than, you know, personifying it as this creature with horns. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think that's what kind of like drew me to to it. Um, you know, just just I became more curious because I was like, oh, what's what's this guy's story? You know, what's what's he going to do? And it, yeah, and I like it, it was different. It's like, well. Yeah, you know, you want to imagine, oh, what if Jesus was like just walking among us? It's like, yeah, well, what if Satan was too? It's yeah, yeah. There's of plenty of horrible. They, there's like plenty of horrible people in the world. Like what? It, yeah. You know, it's it's it, it could just be something as simple as like, yeah, he, he yeah, he's not this like myth mythical creature or yeah. this guy who's just like looking for you know who, who's who's the next soul I can ruin or. Yeah. you know, who make a follower. It's kind of, he's, yeah, he's just, um, I don't know, almost like just another person. I don't know. Yeah, it just yeah. was, yeah, it was like very, nor- yeah, like very normalized. His, so it was, his, it was interesting to see that. His only problem, his problem is that he is not really from this realm. You know, mm-hmm. he is angelic and inhuman-like, but, and, and able to travel back and forth, but can't really, do much but only yeah. kind of by proxy he can like get people to do stuff but can't really do anything himself in fact he's you know he's um he, you know he has no and i think that what dramat- dramatizes that is he he has no sex organs you know he's a eunuch um which you know and, and i think that's about right that's perfect that he can't really engage with yeah than on some sort of cerebral level yeah <laughs> yeah that's another good point of him just like you know like living across decades centuries across histories and yeah i imagine I, I, by the, you know by that point the reader meets him he's kind of like over it i don't know <laughs> and i guess that character was it's still myster- mysterious to me you know there's some there's m- more i could have you know i think i thought of like Oh, you know, I, I, there's so many different depictions of Satan, you know, in popular culture. I thought of the Rolling Stones and like, you know, my first chapter is pleased to meet you. Right. And, mm. and, and in that, you know, he's talking, you know, in that in that song, they're talking about Jesus. I mean, the devil, you know, seeing, you know, wars and, and witnessing all these human atrocities. And I thought about telling those stories like, here's what I know. Um, but I, I just kept it. You know, it's very focused on, um, you know, he does talk about, I think he talks about the Puritans. He talks about, um, you know, how that happened. I, um, I, I gave him like a little backstory in his, his meddling with humanity that he really provoked the, you know, the Salem witch 
Yeah. Although, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's very much in novella. You know, it's just it's just a few characters focused on a main incident, and yet this 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 I don't know if I if I satisfactorily give a if if a satisfactory picture of the devil, if only in profile or you know uh, detail, you know some little details. It's, it's still a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a little bit of the fun, right? You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so what with the story of like Jesus and and you know that fateful situation, there's like tons of retellings, right? Like, or mm-hmm. there's like literature and, and other types of media film that kind of like uses it as like a backdrop or use it as, as like a theme, connotations. I don't know. I guess I just kind of want to explore, like, why do you think that the media or people in general, the entertainment industry might be like just so fascinated by, by this lore, you know, Mm -hmm. like by, you know, I know there's a lot of history that drove that because like here in the United States, a lot of the major religion is like Christianity. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people here who, you know, worship like, practice other religions Um, but it's like i you know i'm just kind of like reflecting on my own upbringing and it's like i just noticed it was just like i was raised catholic it was catholicism Mm -hmm. it was just you know and any other like religions that were out there i just didn't you know i just either didn't notice them or i didn't think much about it because it just wasn't for me like i just saw it as like oh that's like just somebody else i was just never curious about how that works so i'm like getting older and i'm thinking like as i i you know read all this and and view as like a consumer of entertainment it's kind of oh. like now i wonder like why were so many you know why do you think like people or society or like is so i don't know like not like obsessed but just like fascinated by like any type of retelling or any like part of this like legend so to speak I think that the entertainment industry um, is just afraid of anything new. You know, they're always looking <laughs> for tried and true, whether it's a, a Harry Potter, um, you know, uh, prequel or retelling of the Bible. They, you know, they're looking sure. for formulas that, that work. Um, you know, perhaps, uh, um, yeah, you know, the historical fiction is interesting, those sort of retellings. Um, I don't know if if people just want to have another perspective on it or not. The first, you know, the first time I remember is it's a long time ago now. Uh, the the Greek writer, the who you know, the great uh, writer of the um, Last Temptation of Christ and Sorba the Greek and all those novels. You know, that was of course made into a, a, a film, and mm. uh, and I remember the and, and I was young enough that I was still going to church, which didn't really happen once I hit high school. So, you know, and I remember the priest saying, we um, don't, we, we uh, discourage you from going to see this film. We don't think it's a, it's, you know, and of course I just feel that that's the church trying to keep their monopoly, their brand mm. on this story. And it's, and it, all that, I mean, to my mind, the, all that did was, you know, deepen the, the, um, the mystery and the beauty of Jesus. Yeah. Here he is. You know, in the humanity, you know, the whole, the great mystery is, is the, the you know, his human and is um, how, he, how a human being can aspire to that kind of, you know, goodness. And so it, all it did was, you know, you know, the story, he's, he's on the cross and he has his daydream that, you know, the, maybe the devil appears to him and it's just like, hey, forget all that. Come on down. You don't mm. have to do this. 
and he goes into this alternate reality where he's, you know, living with Mary Magdalene and they have children and they have a nice little house somewhere in the suburbs. And then of course, then of course the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> strangely the, um, disciples show up. Right. And, uh, I think Harvey Keitel in some bizarrely Brooklyn act, Brooklynese accents, like, Oh Jesus, you broke our hearts. And they, <laughs> and they of course kill him and he wakes back up on the cross and it's, you know, they at least, you know, they allow him to have a daydream for goodness yeah. you know, sakes, um, which, you know, the traditional interpretations don't. And so I don't know, maybe people just feel constricted by the, you know, traditional stories. Maybe they feel that they want to explore them. They're just not tradition. I mean, I, I don't know enough about Judaism, but I mean, there is a, a, a tradition of, uh, is it the... Um, I'm forgetting the name of the book, but it's just where one argue, you know, with God, um, it's not, you know, which is not allowed in, in, in Christianity. It's, you know, even more, it's all just sort of received wisdom and you are to accept it, which, which is strange because I mean, if, if Judaism is about, you know, it's, 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 it's the law, you know, more than it's about religion, it's about law. But even in Judaism, you know, there is a tradition of arguing the rabbi, you know, arguing, and, and writing their own interpretations in Christianity, what do you have in you know an ecumenical council where the you know the cardinals get together in secret and hash something out every you know decade or so and decide well here's how we're gonna we're not gonna do the mass in Latin and we're we're you know but here's the new it's <laughs> the new script and uh, I, you know maybe people just want to be a little more engaged with their religion I guess more participatory yeah. Yeah, I could see that because I know, yeah, I was, um, <laughs> I don't know. I just like kind of had a weird, a weird perception, like perspective on, on religion. Like I was raised Catholic. I did like all the sacraments yeah. and all that, uh-huh. um, but it was, it just was just something that, you know, I didn't have a choice. It just yeah, like, yeah. cause my, and I understand later, you know, my parents, ex- like my mom explained, like, you know, we just <laughs> felt like you should have something, you should have some yeah. sort of guidance, which is like totally like understandable and I feel like totally common and normal. And, but my, I just remember he was like not a part of it at all because he had to go like to Catholic school for like elementary school. And so the week for, I don't even know how many oh, years. And so oh, he no. was like, I did my time. That's all you guys. And so, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's so that right out of the bat, like, you know, as a young person, like being introduced to this, like, I just see it as like, you know, my, like following my dad i'm just like i see it as just like oh this is just something that you know you kind of have to do or like i don't want to you don't have to do it if you don't want to when you're old enough it's like okay you know and so yeah i don't really like i think i don't know i just never felt you know that um like that deep like level connection that some so many people do and it's like whatever it's fine and and you know we try i like do my best to to be open-minded and um, cause I have like two boys now and I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to like, how I'm going to introduce religion to them. I mean, they've, they've been baptized, but that's about it. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, yeah, I'm just kind of like, you know, reflecting on it and like, but also, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm pro-choice. So it's just hard yeah. to, hard also... to reconcile. With yes. Their yes. Political... Even though it's like, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, it's so much more like complicated than that. And it's, it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more complicated than a heartbeat. And that, and that's what's, which is like, that's why I, and I remember even like, 
I think I didn't even through high school, I was like on the fence. Like I didn't until like I, I, I went through some coursework and, and realized like, Oh, it's like, kind of just realized like the complexity of it. Cause I was like on the fence, like, well, I don't, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm a woman, but I don't, you know, I think it's kind of like, it's, I understand why it's frowned upon. And it's like, I don't know which side I'm on, but then as I got older, I was like, Oh, like, no, absolutely. Like it's just, so yeah. But yeah, I think it's just like, to me, that's kind of like a deal breaker and it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's hard to reconcile and kind of be hold that same like level of, of esteem when you know, they make it very clear about their position. Yeah. You know, there, there, I I think that for, you know, it seems like a cottage industry these days. I mean, right now out here in Hawaii, heading back East, soon um strangely the you know the missionary influence um you know is uh firmly entrenched here and there seems to be a lot of just in in addition to the established the big churches there's just so many like little upstart you know it seems to me you can get a shingle in a pulpit <laughs> and oh. <laughs> uh, start your own you know your own religion and there's so many like you know, little religious, I, I, I imagine that they're all kind of espousing something similar. Um, what I did like, what I, you know, what I, I, I did, um, you know, dabble with uh, Buddhism a little bit. It's something that was always interesting to me since I used to watch Kung Fu when I was a little kid mm-hmm. on TV. I was always interested in this Eastern mysticism. And I had, and I had an opportunity, you know, met some people that were you know, Buddhists and, um, and uh, found that that was compelling, that the idea that you're aspiring to the same state uh, as the Buddha. Um, you know, I don't know in religion, there's a, you know, there is a concept of being an imitation of Christ, but the idea is a very humble one that you're not, you're still, um, oh gosh, you're just, you know, constantly confessing your sins and, um you know, in Buddhism, your your karma is always ripening and you're suffering. But at the same time, you're doing this meditation thing, which is a very noble and centered, um, you know, thing um, with, with, of course, doing it with at the, with a simultaneous aspiration to be good and, to, you know, have mm-hmm. a moral, you know, uh, grounding. And I just I, I never found um, listening to some of the poetry or singing in church or just doing something good. But in the daily in the daily practice of of, of, of being Christian, I didn't, felt like it was. I don't. I doesn't feel exactly like you're participating. I don't know. I, feel, I always feel like you're on the outside looking in through a window. Like, at, like kind of going through the Jesus. motions, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get that. Uh, but I mean, I, I just you know there there are so many. I, I I'm sure that that you know having that moral you know, the uh, foundation, but does one need religion to get that, you know? So, um, yeah. if, and, if, and, and conversely, if you need religion to have a moral foundation, and that's a question for worry. I mean, that's, you know, if you can't sort of have sympathy, just looking into another person's face or seeing their suffering, then you're kind of lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah that's such a I good point. Bible to like make that point for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like how, you know, well, I guess also it's like how, how you know how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Like it's just which came you know which came first? Like my 
my conscience or like an example of it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's kind of, yeah, you could kind of play around with it, but that's a good, that's a good point where it's like, okay, if you need, why do we need an example? Like, why do we need something, some like m- base to tell us like, this is right. This yeah. is wrong kind of. And, and uh, in, there's like a, the, the Buddhist parallel parable is so terrific. Like the, um, the, the uh, you know, Buddha's own disciples are questioning him about matters great and small. And he's like, what's the point? You know, it's like, uh, it doesn't matter where this all came from or, the you know, the cosmology. It's like you got shot in the leg with an arrow, and, and a poison arrow. And instead of trying to get the arrow out, you're like wondering who shot me? What, what? You know, that's yeah. not even relevant. Like, right. Really, you're, you know, the, the, our condition is what's relevant. Right. The, yeah. like priorities yeah right? yeah <laughs> um so this is a two-part question so what yeah. were the most um challenging parts to write and then what were the most enjoyable parts to write oh ah, okay um i think you know the challenging parts were like probably writing the um you know the established scenes and trying to find a new way of of telling them and um, and I the, the solution was pretty much to tell them straight, you know, how does Jesus deal with um, Barabbas? He doesn't, you know, raise him from the dead. This doesn't happen. This is not the sort of thing that happens in this realm, you know. And so um, he simply, uh, you know, rolls him back into the grave. It reminded me of a of a um, a uh, great. Uh, Home traveling in the dark by William Stafford. There, he's in the fam- car with his family, and they hit a deer, and it's on the side of the road, and it's dying, and he feels its belly, and it's got it's it's got a hole inside of it. It's you know, and he's know what to do, and he's there by the side of the road, thinking hard for all of us. I quote this, and he finally rolls it into the canyon. He can't leave a dead animal on the side of the road because it's going to some car is going to swerve and make more. This is what. Jesus is thinking hard for all of us and he rolls Barabbas back into the grave and he's playing sure your husband's dead. This is the, the way your father's dead. How the world works. Remember him, you know, you know, there's, there's nothing nifty there. <laughs> Just, you know, trying to tell the, tell the simple truth. Um, the most enjoyable parts um, I think were like, I don't know, some of the, some of the invention was fun. Um, you know, Jesus turns out to be a fitness nut, you know, every morning yeah. <laughs> he wakes up and he's, you know, and he's doing pull-ups on a tree branch. And it occurs to me now that like, that's perfect, almost too on the nose symbol of him struggling on the, the cross. Right. Um, you know, these, the, some of these little intuitive things actually have a deeper significance. Um, so that was part of the, part of the fun of writing this was sort of trusting um, this, you know, deep intuition. I mean, I think you can do that when you've had a story in your head for like 50 years, then it's been processed to a degree that you can really let the pen move. You know, there was some, yeah, I, I was, I think I was pretty prolific. I mean, there was, you know, pretty much a mm, page a night or more or less over a year. I mean, I, I've written things that took 10 years to write, you know, well, this I digested, like I said, I just digested it for 50 years and wrote it and wrote it in a year. So that was like very enjoyable to like really see something forming at that kind of speed. Yeah, <laughs> especially, yeah, especially when you can kind of like add your own, you know, quirks 
to, yeah, to yeah. the character. Dora, you know, there's going to be a 13th disciple and there's, you know, these things, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just a couple more questions here yeah. before we wrap up. So what advice would you give to Jesus? What advice would you give to Satan? Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. Wow. There's, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a scene in the Pope of Greenwich Village when, uh, uh, oh gosh, Mickey Rourke and Ra- Roberts uh, is, gosh, the guy's getting his thumbs cut off because he stole from the boss. And his uncle tells him, There's nothing, don't worry, nothing is ever hurts as bad as, bad as you think it's going to. Nothing is bad. Is nothing is as bad as it seems um, to Jesus. It's just like you know, it's all a play anyway. This is uh, somehow it, it, it's not the it, it's not the end, and it is the end. It's this is this is this is all this is all it is. Yeah, um, don't don't think so hard on it. <laughs> to the you know, be be of good cheer, um, and 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 maybe this maybe the same thing to the devil. It's it's all you know over uh, one day. It's not going <laughs> to. It's all going to be over. Um, I, I love that. To, to each of them, yeah. <laughs> well, I love, because I, I really enjoy asking authors uh, that question of, like, what kind of <laughs> kind of advice they would give to their characters. And, yeah. you know, a lot of it's, like, you know, like, really thoughtful and heartfelt. Yeah, and yeah. you're just kind of like, hey, it, it yeah. is what it is. Just yeah, go pretty with much. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, so uh, what's next? Are you working on anything, any new projects that you could talk about? What's next yeah, for you? Sure. Um, I was actually working on this before this, this kind of interrupted uh, um, a uh, multi-generation family type story um, that kind of, it's called Sins of Our Fathers. It kind of begins with my dad coming home from the service and his parents have moved and he's left. And I'm wondering how does he like maneuver out of this situation where he's just totally got nothing. He's got a duffel, a duffel bag and he's standing in, at his, in his childhood home with a note on the door, a note taped on the door moved. Mm-hmm. That's the exciting incident. Of course, that's not even really how it happened in his dramatic telling. That's how it, well, his parents moved like a month or something after he got back. But that like, that kind of like hyperbole gave me uh, a, a method and a mission to, to like tell a story, you know, to, to reimagine all this stuff, all these gaps in family history and just tell it to the best of, uh, you know, so again, sort of like gospel Satan, I'm taking a, sort of a, an historical story and trying to build it up with, you know, build out poetical truths. Mm. So there's that, you know, like just talk, you know, imagining grandfathers off on drinking binges and grandmothers at home, you know, <laughs> worrying over the, the men and um, all of these, you know, half, you know, bits of information I received over the years, trying to like build that out into like a coherent story. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's interesting because you're just trying to, just kind of like connecting with people and trying to like relate. Find, you know, because I, there's a story like that, I imagine would resonate with so many people, you know, just like multi generational family yeah. trauma and, you know, how like 
hereditary, like what's hereditary, what can you, can you break the cycle, things like that. So yeah, that'll be really cool to explore. Thanks. That's nice to hear you say that because I wonder sometimes, do people want to read the stuff? It's so specific to me, but then again, you know, characters are, um, there's only, I think there's even, uh, you know, other characters speak to people. There are certain kinds of characters, certain archetypes, uh, that people can relate to. And, and so I guess that's what, you know, any writer is, is just has to dive into their vision, hoping that that somehow resonates with other people, not ever really quite being sure if they're yeah. self-indulgent or this is stories have some sort of timelessness. timeliness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, you just gotta, <laughs> you just like, like you said, you just gotta go for it and then just follow your process. Right. And yeah. 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 If something isn't, you know, doesn't quite hit right, then you just got to figure it out. So. I think if something didn't hit right, you just didn't do it right. You know, and I, <laughs> I, I was, you know, that old Robert Frost dictum, no surprise for the writer, no surprise for the reader. You know, you can't go around being led by the nose by the reader either. You got to, you know, yeah. if you have a genuine response, emotional response to something, then it's true. It's real. And, and the writer, the reader, you know, probably will too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, one, le- the cover of the yeah. book. Yeah. It's, I'm going to be honest. It's a little confusing <clears throat> to me. What's that about? <laughs> it's strange. You know, <clears throat> I, um, I, uh, I hired a, a designer whose work I generally like. The first one he did was kind of lurid. Um, it just, you know, this crazy, you know, just uh, sort of uh, looked like an album cover. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and the next one was getting closer, but it was still like the back of Satan of a, of a graphic Satan head. And I was like, I, I wanted to be have both characters um, interacting um, in a perhaps playful manner. And we're just having trouble finding that. You know, I was looking at it details from st- you know stained glass windows, just looking high and low, and 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 found this. Just um, I think it's just. Uh, uh stock art and it's just a photo it's just a shadow right yeah. of a of a couple goofing around in the rain i think he's making rabbit ears behind yeah because that's why they're wife. like oh they're they're just like kind of you know because if at first glance you're like oh is he trying is he trying to like shoot him or something but it's like no yeah. he's kind of like putting his arm around him well, or yeah just you know, fooling, so... fooling with her bun or like yeah. <laughs> or something like that and there's her you know they're 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 goofing around and we turned it sideways so that it could wrap around the back. Um, and then the whole just thing became unconventional. I'm just going to put it <laughs> tight and small and I'm not good. But the, the um, you know, it was just meant to show the, the two characters interacting a little bit in some sort of playful way. And, I, you know, and, and I'm like, it's not a home run. It's it's kind of odd. Uh, I can kind of, I can kind of dig it. I mean, I think there was just like, it wouldn't have been like my first, like my, my first thought of what, yeah what a book like this, like what a cover would fit with that. But I think that's Mm -hmm. the whole point, right? You kind of wanted to, because this whole book, this whole story is about doing something different, like thinking about like the approach, like thinking about this person's this entity's point of view that we all know him. We all know he's there. We all have this idea of who he is or whatever, but what if like, have we ever like try to get inside his head or yeah. a day in the life picked his brain? Yeah. You know? So it's, it's to... like a, that approach with it. I could see why 
the the cover is fitting i think at the <laughs> i think at first i was just like well that you know it, it just wasn't like my first thought i would yeah, think that yeah. story would <laughs> would describe like conventional yeah. so story is yeah yeah so, <laughs> happy and happy enough with it yeah uh, <laughs> right like yeah it's just, just kind of you have to stop chasing like perfect don't think too hard yeah just, yeah like, <laughs> yep exactly um okay nicholas fillmore where can we find you like on um online on the internet or uh if you have any social media that you want to point people to uh sure well basically everything is connected to my website nicholasfillmore.com you can buy the link find links to amazon and other bookstores and to all my social media and um, and, and into this, uh, into this interview, ultimately all my, you know, media is there. So that's the best, that's the, the best thing is just, you know, nicholasfillmore.com. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I like that. I like those just like, it's all wrapped up. Just go there. <laughs> go there. Go there. Yeah. Yeah. You get a business Perfect. card that just has a URL on it here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So Nicholas Fillmore, the gospel of Satan, it's available now. Go check it out. Um, it's it's really different. I don't know if you're like really uh religious nut, maybe you gotta, maybe it might take a little bit more work to wrap your head around it, you know, because yeah. it is, it's it, it's different, but I I enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad I had the opportunity to read it, so I'd recommend it. You know for sure. Um, thank you so much. This was such a cool conversation. Oh, thank um, you. This and- is, I had a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And there you go. That was Nicholas Fillmore talking about the Gospel of Satan. That book is available now. As always, you guys can check out the show notes to see links um, on the webs of his website where to find him on social media and where to purchase the book. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, The Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club. Find out uh, your next read. If you need some ideas, go ahead and check out my book reviews on thenerdcantina.com. If there are any books that you like, go ahead and rate them on Amazon and Goodreads. It really does help them out. And as always, thanks so much for listening.